something like that happens, uh, we, we should stop and go, man, my problem is not as big as I thought it was. Can you say amen? That, let me just t- tell you something tonight on this Wednesday night. That, if you'd live your life like that, you would be happier. If you would learn to live with perspective, I could just change my message right now and go to a message of perspective. But if you could live your life in the, with the attitude of when you're going through something, somebody is going through something worse. Somebody is struggling with something that is far greater. And then you hear, you know, you might think, man, I, I've got a bill that's behind or I'm a little sick. or and I'm, not, and I'm not minimizing your problem. But then you get a call or a text about people burnt in a fire and losing their whole house and not even having clothes to go to the hospital in. That's when you realize my, my problem is not as bad as somebody else's. And it gives us perspective. Amen. And so that was a great verse, too, by Jesse about 2 Corinthians 13, 5, uh, that we should examine ourselves because that is something we should do on a daily basis. Can you say amen? Every single day we need to check ourselves, see where our hearts are, and see where our compassion is, and see uh, where our motives are, and see uh, where our, our integrity is with the Lord and our walk with the Lord. Amen? So we're going to talk tonight about doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. How many know that's important? As, as human beings, period, that's important. But as believers, it's more important. In your marriage, in your relationships, in your school, in your job, in life, if you would have the attitude, God help me. Say somebody say, God help me. Do the right thing. God help me. Do the right thing. How many know we need God's help to do the right thing? How many have ever been away from where you live and gone to a restaurant and ate and thought this thought? I'll never be back at this restaurant again. I'm not going to leave a tip. Let me see your hands. I'm just looking for honest people. Or I'm not going to leave a good tip. Because I'll never be back to this restaurant again. I'll never see these people again. How many know that's not the right thing to do? Now, that's just an example. We could go, I could pass this microwave, microwave, pass this microphone around tonight to everybody, and and, and you could give a scenario. Maybe you went to the movies, and you thought, man, it's really dark in here. They didn't see me. If you went to the one where they give you the food, they didn't see my face good, so they'll never know if I left a tip or not. I mean, there's things that your flesh is challenged with all the time. And, 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 for example, someone could drop something, and they didn't see it, and it fell out of their pocket. Maybe it was some money or something, and, and they kept walking. And you thought, man, they didn't even realize they lost it. That was for me, right? And just pick it up instead of saying, hey, you, you dropped something. And there was a story about this, uh, this armor truck that was um, delivering, you know, picking up money, and they had put some money into the truck in Ohio, I believe it was. And, and, and as they were putting it in, this sounds crazy in an armor truck, but as they were putting it in, one of the bags tore and a whole bunch of money fell out of the armor truck, and the armor truck began to, began to go down the road. So it went on the news. They had lost like $20,000, the, the armor truck company. And it was on the news. And they said, they even said, this is from you know, three, they, the, the businesses they had gone to. And so they went on to the news and said, let's see how honest our city is. 
Now the city knows that if you found money on the ground in this area and, and, and it was in a, in a bag or whatever, then the, the, this floral shop and this donut shop, and they gave the, the, the few little companies, they said, that's their money, and they need it back. And so out of that $20,000 that was lost, like $2,000 got turned in. And the guy said that night as the anchor, he said, I'm hoping that our city can learn to do the right thing. Amen? Now, as believers, even more so, we have to choose to do the right thing. But again, that's not always easy. It's not always easy to do the right thing because it's easy to do the wrong thing. That's easier. Amen? And so I want to kind of talk about doing the right thing. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 19. I'm going to read a few verses here. And, 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 and I want to say that if we'll get the attitude right tonight about doing the right thing, God will do some great things in our lives. Okay? And I'm going to start this off and possibly end with a quote that is very simple, but very profound and very powerful. And it's a quote that I've heard my pastor say thousands of times, and then I have repeated it thousands of times. Okay? Very short. Write this down. Right will always, can anybody in that, turn out right. Right will always turn out right. Believe that or not, take it to the bank. Cash that check. I promise you, if you do the right thing, it doesn't mean it's going to turn out right right now. Doesn't mean it's going to turn out right right in, in, five, in five months. Doesn't mean it's going to turn out right in a year. In the end, it will turn out right. Has anybody, does a thought come to you? Does a scenario come to you? Does a, 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 a situation come to you tonight that what you have seen maybe over years, many years, something that you did right that finally came out right. It took a long time, but it finally came out right. I, I guarantee you there's some things you can think of where you, you knew at the time, man, this might never ever come to light, but I'm going to do the right thing. And then down the road, that right thing comes out right. Now, what would be the flip of that? When you do something wrong, it will always finish out wrong. Right? Sometimes the simplest teachings are the most powerful. If I do it wrong, if I, if I cheat on a test, if I, if I cheat on a bill, if I cheat on a tip, if I cheat on something, I'm not going to see the results of that right now. But that wrong will come out wrong later. You know, when you get to the place where you start thinking about people and you start realizing, I don't want to hurt somebody. And if I think about that to generalize, if I think about that, that, that if I go into a place to order food, and, and it comes out to, to $17, and I give them a 20, and they give me $5, $5 back. Y'all with me on that? Okay, instead of three. And I take the thing, and I say, that must have been God blessing me. That's taking $2 from that person who's making $7, $8 an hour. So they just worked for half of their, you know, a third of their shift is for free, because I, I, I wasn't honest, honest enough to say, you gave me $5 instead of three. And if I do that with somebody that I, stay with me, if I do that with somebody I don't know, how much more should I do the right thing with people in the church? How much more should I do the right thing with my family? How much more should I do the right thing with my spouse, with my kids? 
Amen. How much more should we be that way? How, how, if I don't do that, then I'm telling the person around me, you don't mean anything to me. I'm going to do what's right for me and not what's right, period. Now let's look at this, James 19, 1.19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And I could stop right there and we could go home. How many have ever seen your anger that is not right anger ever do anything productive for you? Nobody's got an example of that, right? It's easy to get mad, but it's not that easy to do the right thing and, and chill out and calm down and, and, and let, let the other person be mad or let the other person do something and, and just say, I'm, I'm not going to let this unrighteousness produce in me. Now watch 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness, or humility, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. I'm going to pray right here. Father, thank you for Wednesday night. Thank you for all the kids in the back that are having church tonight. Thank you for all these men and women and teenagers and young people, Lord, that are here tonight to get a word. To get a word from your mouth, God, that that, will help us, grow us, build us, change us, transform us. Father, anoint your word tonight. Speak, Lord, and let fruit come from it. And let God be truth and every man be a liar, Father, when it comes to your word tonight. Let your word be perfect in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. When we receive the implanted word, how many came tonight to get a word? When we receive the implanted word, it says it's able to save your souls. When we begin to let the word get into us, we begin to have an attitude that is different. How many know that before we got saved, we didn't think the same way we think now? I love what one of our people said one time when he was giving his testimony. He says, my old person would not like to hang out with my new person. The unsaved version of me and the new saved version would not get along. Are y'all here? How many agree with me that our unsaved version should not get along with our new saved version? Amen. It should, it should be a conflict. But a lot of people today that claim to be Christians could hang out with their own selves. Come on. True, right? They could hang out and be friends because there's no change. But we've got to change. We've got to do the right thing. So he says here, this word is able to save ourselves. Watch what this next word says, verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. We go home right now. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. How many love it when people do more than they talk? Can I get a better response on that? Does anybody in here like when people do more than when they talk? Right? That you put, they put action to what they say. Amen? You don't just say it, but you do it. He says, I, God, I believe God in his character is saying to us, listen, tell me all you want that you worship me. Tell me all you want that you love me. Tell me all you want, all these things, but show me that you love me, and do what I asked you to do. 
Because I don't have this verse up here tonight, but Jesus actually said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, do what I ask you to do. If you love me, do what? They all getting it. Let's go back to 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. Let me stop right there. Don't we deceive ourselves when we do the wrong thing? We think that I'm going to get away with this. We think that nobody saw it. We think that, that this is just a, a small thing. It's not that big of a deal. So we're deceiving ourselves. It says, for anyone is, who is a hearer of the word and not a doer is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Now when I think about this, I like to use this as the mirror being the word of God. How many know when you read that word, it speaks back to you? It shows a reflection of who you are. Some days, that word is confirming that you're making some changes and confirming that God is doing a work. And some days that mirror is telling you you're really ugly today. Right? You don't look good today. You're wicked today. That word tells you and it shows you and, and, and God doesn't do it in a mean way, but his word, is, it just is. And when we read it, it just speaks to us and shows us some things and teaches us some things. And we got to be able to say, Lord, on that day when, when you tell me I'm ugly, I say, God, how do I get pretty? How do I get handsome? How do I get this right? And he says, you know what he says? I'm so glad you asked. Because he wants us to represent him in a good way. And the way we represent is when we become doers of his word and not just hearers. Man, does anybody know somebody that is a good hearer but doesn't do it? When I say that, I mean somebody who can quote the Bible back and forth, but they don't live it. How many realize tonight that we are the, as the old saying says, we are the only Bible some people will ever read? What kind of, what kind of life am I living that people can see? Let's keep reading here. If anyone, sorry, verse 25, but if he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues it, and it is not forgetful here, but a doer of the work, Watch this. How many like promises? This one will be blessed in what he does. How many want the blessings of God? Then do the right thing. He says if someone grasps this and gets this. Now, now how many in here make mistakes? Let me see your hands. Everybody makes mistakes. But watch this. There's a difference between making a mistake and then being someone who makes a mistake and is sorry for it really bothers you where are you at in your walk as you examine yourself as as jesse said and you look inside where am i at if i do something wrong is it just like oh that's not that big of a deal or does it bother me does it if, if i did something wrong if i if i did make that mistake and didn't tip like i should have because i wasn't going back to that restaurant again did that just did that bother me a few weeks later? Did, did, did it, do I wish I could drive back to that city? And by the way, I didn't do this, so just use an example. Drive back to that city and say and go in and tell that person, listen, I was here a couple weeks ago and, and I didn't tip you because I knew I was never gonna come back again. And I'm not normally like that, but I want to fix it and I want to give you a better tip. That sounds a little bit radical, doesn't it? But if my heart is right, that's what I want to do. I would want to fix it. Stay with me. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking something important here. 
When, I'm, when my heart is right and I do wrong, I want to fix it. And I'm going to go out of my way. Isn't it interesting that we go out of our way to do bad things, but we won't go out of our way to do the right thing? We can go out of our way to, to, to sneak around or, or steal or lie or do something like that, but when it comes to doing the right thing, we just go, oh, I made a mistake. God, forgive me. Why can't we go back and fix it? Why can't we go and find that person and to our best of our ability and say, you know what, I did something wrong, and I want to make it right. I want to do the right thing. Listen to this. Here's a quote. With integrity and doing the right thing, you have nothing to fear. Think about that. You know, it's one of the things, I'm going to finish this quote in a second, that's one of the things as believers that we can now be thankful for because before we met the Lord, we used to, we used to burn a lot of bridges. Or am I the only one? We used to make a lot of enemies. And we used to have to worry about who was, who was behind the door or, or who was around the corner or, or who was going to come after me or, or what did I do wrong? And, and, and you have to worry like that. But now, as a believer, we've got some integrity. And we, if we have integrity and we're doing the right thing, we don't have to, anything to fear. Right? Since you have nothing to hide. When you're doing the right thing, you ain't got nothing to hide. With integrity, you will do the right thing so you won't have any guilt. How many hate guilt? You know the best way to not have guilt? Do the right thing. I know that's kind of simple, isn't it? But like I said, sometimes the simple messages are the best. If we would just wake up every day and say, Lord, help me do the right thing today. You know what I tell a lot of people, I've told people a lot of the, over the years? This is a nugget, and it's not very profound. But it's very fruitful. If I've ever been dealing with somebody and they've, they've dealt with an addiction or they've, or they've come off of a really hard, really hard situation or they've made some really big mistakes and they're at that place of restoration where they're repentive. Because how many know that's where we got to get to? They're repentive. They're sorry. They, you can tell. They mean that they, they don't want to go back to that old way. And, and, and it, sometimes it's in an altar. Sometimes it's in, in some other place of ministry with them. And, and, and they're just, they're like, what do I do now? You can just tell, what do I do now? How do I fix this? And I tell them, now, go do the right thing tomorrow. And then when you do that thing right, follow it up with another right thing. And then follow that decision up with another right decision. Are you all with me? And then if you happen to make a bad decision, don't follow that up with another bad decision. Follow it up with another right one. And eventually, you're going to be living a life where you're doing the right thing way more than you're doing the wrong thing. Isn't that what God wants us to be at? God knows we're not perfect. We can't be perfect, but he wants us to try. He wants us to do our very best to live at peace with everyone, to not hurt people, and to do what's right. Now watch this. People often say that doing the right thing doesn't last. Neither does bathing. That's why we recommend you do it every day. Right? The shower you took last week isn't going to last. You need to shower every day. Now, I wasn't around in the day when they took a bath once a week. I thank the Lord for that. It was probably a whole different smell. 
Back in the day, they tell the story that they, they, especially if they had a big family, took a bath once a week. And if you were the, the youngest, you got in last. And by the time you got in, that water was nasty. And it wasn't a shower, it was a bath. I'm thankful that we can get a shower every day. And so just like we need to take a shower every day because we can't pull what our kids would pull on us when they're younger. I took a shower last week. We can't pull that. So I did the right thing last week. God says, I want you to do the right thing tomorrow too. And then I want you to do the right thing on Friday. And then I want you to do the right thing on Saturday. And then I want you to do the right thing on Sunday. Watch this. I want you to do the right thing on, on Monday afternoon. And I want you to do the right thing on Thursday night. See, a lot of Christians do the right thing in church. It's easy to do the right thing right now. You're around a bunch of people doing the right thing. It's hard to do the wrong thing right now. But God is looking for us to do the right thing when nobody's watching. Do the right thing when we're around other people that no one would ever know if I did the right thing or not. Like in another city at a restaurant that I'll never go back to. Do the right thing. So let's finish here. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Now, this isn't a message on the tongue because that's a whole other message and that's a series when you start talking about the tongue. But one of the biggest, reasons, biggest ways that we make mistakes is with our mouths. Right? And did you notice that he started off the beginning of this scriptures that I was reading with these words, So then, my beloved brethren, he's basically saying, I love y'all so much, I'm going to give you a little key here. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. He's basically saying, your mouth is going to get you in trouble. How many know your mouth can get you in trouble? Right? And it's, it's, it's cliche, but that's why he gave us two ears and one mouth. Twice as many holes to hear as there is to speak. And a lot of times we can save ourselves by just not saying anything at all. Marriages, married couples. Let me give you a little nugget tonight. Don't try to get the last word in. Don't try to get the last nudge in. Unless it's I love you. Then you can fight over that all night. But you need to get past having to say the last word. Somebody in a fight, in an argument, in a problem has to shut up first. Somebody has to be the better person. Somebody has to say, I'm not going to go and, and say something back to you like you just did. Somebody has to be the better person in that situation. And I ask tonight that it be you. Amen. And when I say you, that means all of you. It means all of us. Watch this. It's better to lose and do the right thing than to win and do the wrong thing. I'd rather lose an argument with my wife and do the right thing than to win the argument and do the wrong thing. I'd rather lose as, long, as, as, as much as I hate to lose. I do hate to lose. I'd rather lose doing it the right way than cheating on the score. Right? Because when you win cheating, it's not fun anyways. 1 Peter chapter 3. Let me give you a few more verses tonight. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Give me an amen when you're there. And, and uh, I want to actually 
read this myself. It'll be up there different, but I want to read this from, from the New Living Translation. And it says, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. You know, st- think about at, at this moment of the message, think about tonight about our world we live in. Morals have totally changed. What's right and wrong? You know, we're talking about tonight doing the right thing. How many know the world's right thing is different than it used to be? The further we get away from, or I should say, the closer we get to, to the end and to the return of Christ, the, the, more, the more gray areas get. But how many know as believers, our, our areas don't change. Our morals don't change. What's right and wrong doesn't change. Amen. What the Bible says doesn't change. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Amen. And we need to call it like it is. And not try to be popular with everybody else. Somebody's got to stand up and say, this is wrong and this is right. Because the Bible says. And God says, hey, I'm going to take care of you. Even if you suffer for what is doing right, God will reward you for it. So there's a reward that's not going to be right now, but down the road. Because how many of you know that everything we do is being watched? Every word we speak is being recorded, as Matthew 12, 37 and 38 says. Everybody knows that's one of my favorite verses from where I'm, I'm on the basketball court and people cuss. I just say, go read Matthew 12, 37 and 38. Every idle word you speak will be held against you. Every idle word. Amen. How many know we got to do the right thing? Amen. Listen to this. It is true integrity. Let me ask this question first. How many here would like to be a leader? Let me see your hand. You would like to be a leader. Lead people. Have people follow you. Amen. Now I'm going I'm to ask that again. How many of you um, would like to be a leader? Because I'm just waiting for all the hands to go. Because you might not know it, but you need to want to be a leader. Because <laughs> we are. We, we didn't, God didn't ask us if he wanted us to. I'm just giving you the benefit of the doubt. We should be leaders. And, we, and here's, let me, let me just throw this out to you. You're a leader whether you want to be or not. Because someone's watching you. Somebody's following you, okay? But watch this. It is true that integrity alone, okay? When I say the word integrity, that means doing the right thing. Doing the right thing alone won't make you a leader. But without, being, without integrity and doing the right thing, you cannot lead. That's got to be something that's, that, again, in you. It's in you. It's a desire. Are you all getting that tonight? It has to be a desire. Doing the right thing has to be something you desire to have. You want to do the right thing. It, at the core of who you are, you want to make things right. At the core of who you are, you want things to be right. And that, and that can be very frustrating sometimes because we live in a world that does a lot of things wrong. But I can only control me. Can you say amen? Has anybody figured that out? You can't control somebody else. You can try. A lot of marriages don't work because the spouse is trying to change the other person. I'm going to make you be like I want you to be. 
You're never going to change that person. When your marriage starts to be good is when you start working on yourself. And look in the mirror, as the Bible says. And, and you say, I can't change that person any more than God can change that person. But I can change me. And in every situation, I want you to say that with me. Every situation. Say it again. Every situation. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do the right thing. I can't see if my wife does the right thing or my kids do the right thing or you do the right thing. But I can make sure I do the right thing. Isn't it true that a lot of times we don't do the right thing because other people aren't doing the right thing? Because it's not popular to do the right thing. We're living in a generation where what's popular is to do whatever you want. Do whatever feels good. Do whatever seems right. And then, you know, Solomon ate that up. He said, there's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end it leads to death and destruction. So the idea is that if all of us would come to a place every day of saying, Lord, I want to do right, and I'm going to do right by God, regardless of anybody else does, and everybody had that attitude, what would our world be like? be different. Watch this. Let's end with this verse. James 4, 17. This really, we talked about perspective a few minutes ago. This really brings perspective to what we're talking about. What's, what's the right thing to do? What's the, what's the right thing to do? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what, what the right thing to do is. Actually, do me a favor and put up Romans 14, 23 if you would. Romans 14, 23. Let me see if this is the see if the right see if this is the right one. Yeah, Romans 14, 23. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith, for whatever is not from faith is sin. Now this is New King James. But what this is saying, the breakdown of this is, if you know what to do and you don't do it, it's wrong. Okay? If you know what to do and you don't do it, it's wrong. Now go back to James 4.17 to see the tie-in. Okay? Watch this. James 4.17. This is what sin is. What, what's the right thing, you ask, in this situation? What, what's the thing I should do right now? What's the right thing to do? James 4.17. Watch this. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So here's the thing. As believers, how many, in the, maybe you've been saved a year, maybe you've been saved six months, maybe five, maybe ten years, maybe twenty years. As you are progressing in your walk, what the Bible calls is sanctification, meaning what sanctification is, is every day you should be getting further away from the person that you used to be and closer to the person God wants you to be. That's what sanctification is, by decision. Justification is what God did in us on the cross. He justified us. I don't have anything to do with justification because he paid the price on the cross. I can't be just because of my own power. But I can sanctify myself, which means there's the cross and there's right and there's the devil and there's wrong. And I'm not going towards him. I'm going away from him and towards him, which is right and the cross and holiness and righteousness. And I'm choosing that every day. Every day. 
every day. And if there's a day I make a mistake, I don't go, oh, I made a mistake. Let me just take six months off and head back towards the old ways. And let me just lose a whole bunch of ground. No, I stop and I, and I, and I repent. And I say, Lord, I messed up yesterday. But I'm not going to let that. Listen, I said I messed up yesterday. But I'm not going to let that take me all the way back to who I used to be. Because I'm not the person I used to be. I'm not where I want to be yet. But I'm not the person I used to be. And I'm not going to lose all that ground. Because I'm going to go and do the right thing. And so what's happening to you tonight, whether it's six months, five years, ten years, twenty years, is you're learning some things that are right and wrong. You come to to a message. You might have been raised in a home where you didn't know what was right and wrong as far as biblically. You didn't know. Over the years, we have seen, and this is just here in in Denton, not even in Costa Rica. Over the years, in 11 years of this church, I, I can't even tell you. It's in the hundreds of couples that I've married. Husband and wife that I've married. That, and, and I would say 90% of them were people who came in, like Pastor Dylan and Ashley, who are pastoring today in Tanzania, and came in and sat in a service like this, and, and a message was preached on, on fornication, where the Bible says it's a sin to have sex outside of marriage. And that person, because of society, as crazy as it sounds, might have said, I never knew that was wrong. Sounds crazy maybe for for you now with your Christian ears. But before you came in here, before you met Jesus, before the word of God began to get into you, you didn't know that was wrong. And all of a sudden, you've been shacking up and living together and all of a sudden, you feel convicted for something you didn't even know was wrong because now the Bible just taught you it's wrong. Then what happens? Now it's on you. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So now you say, man, I heard that. So I've had couples come up and say, Pastor, we need to get married. And, and many times I said, I'll give you, I, we'll get, you can get married this week. This week, tomorrow. Most of the time it's tomorrow. You can get married tomorrow. You can get it right tomorrow. Put that verse back up if you don't mind. I'm going to leave that up there for a second. You can get married tomorrow. I'll give you you premarital counseling after you get married. Because I want you right. I want you right with God. And sometimes they'll be like, well, we this and we that. And say, you're already living together. We this and we that what? You're living together. You need to get married. You need to make it right between God and you and so we'll do a little I have a thing with together in Texas and I can give them a marriage license and and, and they can go straight and a whole bunch of people in this church are not in the head have done it go straight to the thing get the court get married get right and then you figure out the wedding later oh we just can't do it because we can't afford to get married well go ahead and go to hell then it's the truth well, we just don't have everything together. You're right. You don't. You got everything not together. You need to get it right. Because what good is it going to do to to have it all together and not be married? Y'all here? Do the right thing. Let me make a simple statement as I close tonight. 
90% of the problems we have in our lives, we bring on ourselves. But we blame the devil. And the devil will take credit. Just like ISIS. If a bomb goes off in the world, they say, ISIS did it. And ISIS goes, yep, we did it. Didn't have nothing to do it sometimes. But they say, we did it. The devil don't have a lot to do with the problems we have. We just don't do the right thing. We do what's convenient. Do what is right, not what is convenient I have here. Because convenient is wrong. It's not convenient to do the right thing because the right thing takes action and takes some change. But here's the thing, when, when, when the Holy Spirit speaks and, 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 and I realize if it's that situation or it's, a, it's another, maybe I'm not giving what the Lord's is his and, or maybe I'm, I'm lying or maybe I'm cheating or whatever it is. Once I know what's good and wrong and I don't do it, I'm sinning. How many have been about to do something and, and the Holy Spirit says, don't do that, that's, that's not right. And there you are. You already know. And then there's the decision. Well, I'm never going to come back to this city again. They're never going to see me. But it doesn't matter. The right thing is to leave a tip. Some of y'all be going, why are you talking about a tip so much? Because sometimes it's the little simple things. We can't get the little simple things right. And if we don't get the little simple things right, we're not going to get the big things right. Like if I'm going to cheat someone on a tip, I'll cheat my wife. I'll cheat you. I'll cheat my friends. I'll cheat my family. I'll do it to anybody. Right is right, regardless of who it's to. Can I say that again? Can I get a better amen? I know it's Wednesday night. I know you're kind of tired. Right is right no matter who it's to. And wrong is wrong no matter who it's to. Two wrongs don't make a right. Let me just throw that one out there real quick. But as my pastor said many years ago, and I'll quote again tonight, right always come out right. Lord, help us tonight to be Christians, believers, who do what's right, not what's convenient. Lord, who have a heart that says, Lord, I, I, I don't care about what man thinks about me. I don't care what my job says. I don't care what the government says. I want to do what's right in your eyes. Because, God, I'm about pleasing you. And, Lord, if I'm swift to speak and slow to hear, I'm going to be in trouble. But if I'll stop tonight and hear your voice... And listen, listen to counsel, listen to the word of God, listen to to examples, listen to experience. God, you'll do something miraculous in my life tonight, Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak to us tonight. Speak to us. Come and speak to us. Show us those areas in our lives that are struggling and, 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 and we're compromising and we're doing what's convenient, Father. And, and those little tiny foxes are the ones that spoil the vine. God, I'm not, pre- I'm not praying for somebody else in here tonight. I'm asking you to look at me. As Jesse said in the very beginning at prayer, Lord, examine me. I examine myself to make sure that I'm in the faith. God, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be an example of what a Christian is not supposed to be. I want to be an example of what a believer is supposed to be. I want to be followable. I want to be sanctified. I want to be righteous. I want to please you in all my ways. 
And Lord, when I make a mistake, I know that your grace is sufficient for me. But I'm not looking to try to get away from things or away with things. I'm looking to try to please you, Lord. And that's what grace is for. Grace is for when I do make a mistake, not so I can. Grace is there to pick me up when I fall short. Not so I can just fall short whenever I want to because it's convenient. Do the right thing. Do the right thing every day. Do the right thing tonight. Do the right thing tomorrow. Maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now and there's something you need to fix. You need to do right. Go do it tomorrow. Go do the right thing. Oh, it's going to be hard. It's going to cause problems. It's going to stir up some devils. Go do the right thing because right will always come out right. Always. And God honors those things. And maybe you go to try to fix something and and there's no way to fix it. Then you tried. You tried. And God says, I saw that effort. I saw that you tried. And he sees the, the Bible says in Proverbs that he weighs the intentions of the heart. He weighs the intentions of the heart. Where's my intentions tonight? Are my intentions to please God? Are my intentions to do right? Or I just not care? I don't believe any of us in here tonight, that's our heart. I believe we care. And I believe we want to do what's right. As we stand to our feet tonight, how many in this place, honest with God, would say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm right tonight with God. I've got some things in my life I need to deal with. I've got some sin that has separated me and I I need to repent tonight. I need to turn. I need to turn back to God because I'm I'm tired of being a man pleaser. I want to be a God pleaser. I'm tired of trying to figure things out on my own and I need some direction. I need some help and I've realized I can do bad all by myself. I don't need any help, but I need help to do right. And the only way I'm going to do right is if you help me, Father. I need you tonight. I need your touch. I need your guidance. I need that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead to live inside of me. If you're here tonight and you're not sure if you passed away tonight, if you passed into eternity, where you'd spend eternity, because it's forever. It's forever. Tonight's the night, the Bible says, of your salvation. Today's the acceptable day of the Lord. I'm not asking you if you've been to a church. I'm not asking you if you have a Bible. I'm not asking you if you're a member. I'm asking, are you born again? Are you born again? Is is, is the person you are tonight the same person you used to be? If that's the case, you need to be born again. You need to be different than that person that you even came in being. How many would say, that's me tonight? I'm going to be honest. I need Jesus tonight. I need salvation. I need to change my life. Just lift your hand and put it right back down all of this place. God sees your hand. How many more? All over this place, God sees your hand. How many more? That's me. You know, you don't wait for your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your friend, your brother. You don't peek around, see who else is raising their hand, because let me give you some news. You'll be by yourself on judgment day. There'll be nobody around. Amen. I see your hand. There'll be nobody around to look at. Nobody. It's just you and God. And the Bible says it's a scary thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Boy, if I didn't have Jesus in my life, I'd be so scared. Only reason I can have peace tonight is because I know Jesus took my place on the cross. Shed his blood so that when God looks at me, he doesn't look at me, he looks at the blood of Jesus. The only acceptable sacrifice. And now my sins are forgiven. And I'm born again. And I'm a, I'm a new creation because of that precious blood of Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. If you meant that tonight and you're serious, I want to do one more thing. I want you to, I want you to step out of your seat if you raise your and hands went up all over the place. I want you to step out of your seat and come down to this altar. And I want to pray for you tonight. I want you to give life to Jesus. Come on. Step out and come down. Don't wait for somebody else to come. If you can't come out and step, stand for Jesus in this church, you ain't going to do it outside. Several hands went up. I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. This is called a public confession of your faith. Amen. Jesus, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doing this on my own. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you reign of my life. I'm going to give you control of my life. Come on, we, we need to do a better job clapping than that because the Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven tonight because of these decisions. I'm going to wait five more seconds. Maybe you didn't see. See, you don't, you, we can't care. We can't care what other people think. It don't matter. What God thinks is what matters. And I'm telling you, God can turn things around in one second. He can do more at five seconds in an altar than we can do in a million years on our own. Standing behind you tonight are people all over this place who have come down and done the same thing. I did it 27 years ago. Never regretted it. Never. And every day I wake up and I say, God, thank you for your grace. Because I'm not worthy of it. I'm not worthy of your forgiveness. I'm not worthy to, to have a second chance, a third chance, a tenth chance. But how many have known the grace of God? We talk about this all the time, church. There's a lot of really, really strong testimonies in this house. There's some people in here who are, some, who are really, in, in the world's eyes, some wicked people who did wicked things. But now we're in here and we're saved and we're, we're born again and we're changed. But don't forget where you came from. Don't forget who you used to be. Now, you wouldn't want to hang out with that person, but we need to go get those people. And we need not to get so, so caught up in being saved that we don't go get those people. Amen. That we, that we're, we're, I always have that picture of the emergency room. Can you imagine, can you imagine the, the, the nurses or the doctors in the emergency room and turning someone away, saying maybe this, maybe the, uh, Sue's grandson, you're too burnt. We can't help you. You're too far gone. There's no hope for you. The church cannot do that. We have to accept everybody as they are and let God change them. And then let God transform them. Amen. But we have to let them come in as bloody or dirty as they are. There's people out there who are dirty and bloody. And I'm not saying y'all are tonight, so don't think I'm talking about you. But people are coming in and they need hope. They need hope. Amen. Let's say a prayer that's a real prayer from the heart. This is the biblical prayer. Jesus said, if you will confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father that is in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father that's in heaven. He said, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that I died on the cross and was risen from the dead, you'll be saved. Everybody in this place, say this with me. Lord Jesus, I'm coming before you tonight as a sinner in need of a savior. I'm in the emergency room, Lord, because the wages of my sin is death, according to your word. Myself and everybody in this place has fallen short of the glory of God. 
Jesus, I need you. I need a change. I need to be born again. I've made some mistakes and I need help. I put my faith tonight, not in myself, not in somebody else, but in you. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and took my place on the cross so that I could have eternal life. And not only did you die, but you went into the grave and you defeated the grave and you came out of the grave. And because of that, I'm saved. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Forgive me for all my sins. And I promise you, Lord, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. And I'm going to search to you. And I'm going to search your word. And I'm going to let you help me do what's right. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise tonight. As they're praying here and we begin to sing something, the altars are open. Just find a place this morning. Lord, tonight, Lord, what, what do I need to do that's wrong that I need to make right? What areas in my life do I need to change? Father, what areas of integrity am I am I? not being honest about Jesus what areas in my life need, need to line up better with your scripture and your word Jesus help me tonight 